today's sermon is www dot. And I've told you all this year that I have no plans. I have nothing laid out. I, I, I'm just, God didn't press upon my heart to do things as normal, and this is an abnormal year, and I'm grateful for it. And all week long, I was thinking about, you know, what can I do, what can I say, what's going on, all this and that, and praying about things, and because and, I don't want to just stand up here and babble, even though Mylon thinks so. Um, it's funny, but I loved her little video that she made. It's pretty awesome. Um, so on my drive home Friday, so I drove out Sunday, had class Sunday night, had class Monday, had class Tuesday, had class Wednesday, had class Thursday, had class Friday morning, and then got in a truck at about 11.35 and headed back this way. And in driving back, Leslie, what are we doing tonight? After a long week, I was thinking, how about nothing? How about that? Well, the boys' ball game, Friday night. So, okay, I'll just meet you there. So I drove straight to the boys' ball game. Let's go Lewis County. Lions, come on now. Regional champions once again. It's a beautiful thing to get to see those banners uh, hung upon uh, our auditorium out there. But I was sitting there tired, but it was fun to watch. I did get mad at the refs a few times. Uh, it seems like things wasn't going our way, but we won in spite of their efforts. Um, don't you love refs? Yeah. Danny, you was acting okay, but I don't know what kind of grading system we're going to do here. Danny was sitting a few seats down from me. He didn't see the best of his pastor that day, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> As I was driving home Friday and, and just, I, I put on one of my podcasts, I listen to podcasts weekly and there's some of them that I'm pretty religious about listening to and and uh, I, one of them is Kerry uh, Newhoff's um, podcast on leadership and it, it's it's one that's really added a lot of value to my life in the past several years and I've, Dusty turned me on to it originally and I, I've just, we've read books by him, we've uh, got in other groups that he's a part of, and, and, and even our church has joined in uh, another thing that he does to allow Dustin and myself to dig deeper and be better, and he, he's a pastor of a church, but he leads this podcast, and he invites these guests on, and I'm always intrigued by the wisdom that they share and um, the value of that wisdom and the depth of that wisdom, and if you want to know more, lean in more. That's all I can tell you right now. If you want to experience God more, lean in more. And I loved it, Chris. Did you raise your hand today? Okay, Chris encouraged some of the men of the church to raise their hand during worship today. Uh, and I, just standing there, and I was clapping my hands, and I, I'm not very good at clapping because I get off beat, and I'm standing beside a Dusty, the drummer, who's really on beat. And I did for a pretty good while during the first song, Pete. I was, I was there. I was doing my best. And uh, eventually I was like, I'm going to turn that over to Dusty and I'm just going to sway. <laughs> but on my drive home, I was listening to this podcast and there's this guy, an author that had authored 30-some books and just a phenomenal uh, person. I'd never heard of his name and never heard of his dad's name, but in Canada, apparently he's one of the 
the greatest of the greats. It's kind of like the Billy Graham of Canada. And in listening to this, like Franklin Graham here would be to us, Billy Graham's son, this guy was that to his father. And, and as I was listening to the podcast, it just stirred my faith. Have you ever been stirred in your faith? Where that you feel like you could tackle a lion and the Spirit of God could cause you to prevail? David did that in the wilderness. Bears, lions, nothing could take the sheep that God had given him. Why? Because God was with him. And his faith was that he believed God is well able to take care of my issues, my flaws, my problems, my situations. And if we're sitting in this room today, I hope and pray that this message today will stir your faith. And I'm asking you right now, lean in to what God's Word says. Listen attentively today. If you're watching online, turn it up a little bit. So when I walked in and www dot is there, and this is what God said to put up on the screen, www dot. What is www? World Wide Web. Don't say it real fast because you'll get tongue-tied, but World Wide Web. And I don't know who it was originally come up with that at some point in time. Somebody somewhere must have been uh, forward-thinking and thinking outside the box, and the first guy that was going to put up a website must have decided, I'm going to make this go worldwide on the web and, you know, kind of coined that term, and www. And whenever you hear that, phrase www dot if you're in a conference if you're sitting somewhere if you come to a church and we're releasing something new and we're going to cause you to try to go get more information www dot causes you to lean in to think what's next because if you don't put what's next it don't do anything and I think there's two men in the church that's sitting there with www dot, but don't know what to do next. What do I key in next? God, what do you have for me next? And if you're here today wondering and looking and leaning in and asking God the question, God, what's next? What plans do you have for me? What would you have me do? I'm here today to tell you that God knows better than you what you need to do. Don't lean on your own understanding. <laughs> Amen. Old Testament Psalms, lean not to your own understanding, but delight yourself in the Lord. We, we have to look to Him. www. So when I walked in, Corey, of course, had to pin me down because he shared this morning, and I know how Corey is. That's your son, Chuck. You know, just point at him so everybody knows there's, there's Corey out there. Okay, there, that's Corey. That's Chuck's son. Um, Tina's too, right? Blame it on Tina. Some of it's part Tina's fault. Okay, Casey's brother. That's awesome. Wave to everybody, Casey. There we go. That's, yeah, yeah, there we go. We've got all kinds of help in the room. Dave's my friend. Corey has brought a tribe with him. Amen. This is Sister Garth's grandson, and uh, it's so beautiful to see their family in church, and I, 
I, I count it an extreme honor. Because this place wouldn't be here, Chuck, if your mom and dad didn't lean in and walk by faith. And I wouldn't be here today if my mom and Betty hadn't attended a Bible study and somebody in town saying, what's God going to do in Lewis County? And my mom and them come out here and they looked at this building and they, they wrote her names under here under the carpet. My name is literally written on this floor. When I was drinking and running rampant and doing everything wrong, my mom wrote my name on the floor and called something that wasn't as though it was. And that's what Bible, the Bible says faith is. Calling things that be not as though they are. And if you're going to have faith today, you've got to look outside of your capabilities and look at God's possibilities. He is requiring of us today, do something. Lean in. And when I walked in, Corey said this. He said, WWW. I'd say it's worldwide worship. I was like, that's pretty awesome. Amen. Worldwide worship. We saw that this past few uh, weeks with Asbury Revival and, and things that broke out. Nobody planned that. Nobody coordinated that. There was no committees for that. It was just a group of kids that decided one day when chapel was over, as far as the time period was over, they said, I want to hang around for a little bit. I feel like God is doing something here, and I don't just want to get up and walk out. I'm ready to surrender and kneel down and pray and seek his face. And in doing that, it sparked a revival. And this church, and, and under God called me to be a pastor, and I, I, I don't plan revivals. There's a lot of churches out there that will call and a special speaker to come and speak, and they'll, they'll plan a revival and say, okay, we're going to have a revival. Since I've been here, we've had one revival. Since 2010, this church has had one revival. And it was a long time ago, and I was here, and one of the people that was in my youth group when I was originally a youth pastor here that I watched him stand right here. I watched tears hit this carpet, this very same carpet. I watched him relinquish his life and give it to Jesus. I went and attended his wedding in North Carolina because he asked me to. And he was coming home, and I asked him, won't you speak this weekend? It was on a Sunday. He said, Sure. So he came and he spoke. And the powerful presence of God met us here. I said, okay, we're going to, you can have service tonight. Preach then too. Okay, yeah. He preached that night. The Spirit of God met us here. No sense to stop now. Might as well go on Monday. And it went on and on and on and on several days of a revival that was uncoordinated, unplanned, it was something God did. And I don't know about you, but I seek God to revive, to restore, to refresh, to embolden us to seek Him while He may be found. 
The only way the devil can win is for good men to do nothing. It's an old quote, right? Evil, only way evil triumphs good men to do nothing. We should lean in and say, God, do something. Don't give up on your kids. They may be walking the streets of Vanceburg, strung out on drugs, addicted, afflicted, and everything else. Don't give up. Why? Because with God, all things are possible. It doesn't matter if they end up in the penitentiary. It doesn't matter where the world puts them or places them or, or groups them. It's what does God's word say? My children will rise and call me blessed. Amen. If we would believe and have faith and trust what God's word said, what would we receive in believing? World Wide Web or World Wide Worship, according to Corey. I love to worship today. I love it for the past two months that Leslie's had the freedom to get back there and get some stuff done that we've tried to do for years but couldn't because she was up here and couldn't be there too. And things are working because we're opening up the borders and saying, God, stretch our tents, enlarge our borders, oh God. And people, only God would call somebody from Alaska to end up in Lewis County. Right. <laughs> Only God. Amen. It's, it's a wonderful thing to get hear uh, somebody from Alaska lead us in worship in Vanceburg, Kentucky. Amen. Now, I've heard of Lewis County's going to Alaska, and when they come back, they told all kinds of stories. Roy Osborne, anybody that ever knew Roy Osborne, he, he would tell you multiple stories about Alaska because it's like way far away. But, Pete, I want you to know this whole week when I went to my conference and I sat down and they positioned us, they already had our little name plates out there in front of us, and I sat down and I looked over to my left and looked over and was like, oh, I've, I've seen you at stuff before. Yeah. Now, now, where were you? And he's like, Juneau, Alaska. I was like, that's awesome. That's where he's born. <laughs> born, right? So Juneau, Alaska, here, here I'm sitting beside of my counterpart in, in my organization, sitting to my left from Juneau, Alaska, and I look over to the other side, and I'm like, I can't see his nameplate. I don't know him. He's a new guy. I was like, well, who's, who's this cat? And looking around, it's like, eventually, I'm from Canada. I was like, okay. So now I've got Alaskan and a Canadian on my left and right. And both of those are pretty way far away. But only God will position us in places that distance knows no bounds. And the World Wide Web connects things that are unconnectable in human ailments. But with God, he will use technology for his glory. Somebody speak what Amy said a while ago. She's going to attend this conference, and she's going to see how not only does our website and our technology and our text and the things we're doing impact the people of this church, let's bless a community. How many will trust with her, believe with her, and declare with her God is up to something in this county and we're going to see God's glory rule and reign over our area. Why? Because God wants to do something. He's encouraging us, go global from here. We heard people from Japan just a day or two ago get up here and describe what God's up to in Japan. Why? Because that's what God has us doing. There's dreams, there's things that God will see us accomplish. I haven't even got to my first point yet. 
and it's 11:12. Leslie says I'm too long-winded. Travis, you set the bar pretty high for me to get finished. Leslie's like, Travis, he did it perfectly. He got done. He was, he was in there and out. It was good. Good job last week, Travis. I love watching online. And you'll never go wrong with John 3.16. I assure you that. But John 6, 6.6. 6. Everybody say John 6.6.6. This ought to be good. Sounds like the World Wide Web to me. Because the words... 666, or the number 666, automatically brings about a gasp in the church of, oh no. And I don't know about you, if I go to McDonald's and my order comes up and it's 666, I'm ordering something else. Come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah, change, buy something new, brother, all I can tell you. 666, McDonald's is really bad about that, maybe because it's of the devil. Not really. We love you. Um, it's feeding our babies, right? Uh, those eyes getting to eat because of McDonald's paychecks. John 666. Everybody say God's up to something. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. You hear me? John 666. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Talking about Jesus. Talking about Jesus in his earthly ministry of healing people with maimed hands that was born with a hand that was deformed. And Jesus walks up and says, stretch forth your hand. And when the guy heard that, something inside of him leaped. And he said, but what if I will reach out that hand? And I may have never ever seen it move before. But if I just give a little bit of extra umph and say, I'm leaning in, Jesus. And here it is, this withered hand that was drawn up my whole life. Here it is. And do something with it. Guess what? That hand stretched out and it became normal. And everybody was in awe. Why? Because Jesus asked him, do something. And it may seem like the little thing he's asking you to do is nothing. But I telling you today, whatever he's asking you and charging you and telling you to lean into, Dennis, do that thing. It may seem minimal. It may seem like it don't make a difference, but I'm here to tell you today, God is up to something if we will do what he asks us to do. Amen. From that time, many of the disciples, these were disciples. These were students. These were people that had given their life to Jesus that believed in him, that trusted him, that walked with him. They went back and walked with him no more. Don't let that be me. If you're sitting in this place today and you've given him your life and you've trusted him with all that you have and you've leaned in before and it seems like the earth keeps kicking you in the teeth, lean in more. Don't do what this verse says they did. Can you imagine Jesus saying, because as he sees these people leaving, leaving the camp, 
Verse 67 says this, Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? The very twelve, he said, Come follow me. Andrew, go get Peter. James and John, come follow me. Bartholomew, all these ones that he told them, come follow me. Matthew, the tax collector, hey, I'd like to have you in. Come follow me. Verse 68 says, but Simon Peter answered him. And this is a verse that, that I love, that I cherish, that I quoted a few weeks ago in one of the sermons, and it's just one of the ones that bubbles up. But Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? It was in the Red Letter Challenge. You have the words of eternal life. To whom else shall we go? Ain't nobody done me like Jesus. Is there anybody in this room? Here's what I'm saying. Ain't nobody done me like Jesus. I've walked with the worst and I've walked with the best on this earth according to the earthly standards, but guess what? They ain't nobody done me like Jesus. And if there's anybody in this room believes that with me today, I wish you would begin to encourage others sitting around you and look at them and say, ain't nobody done me like Jesus. Nobody. You're a blessing to me. I'm glad you encourage me. You strengthen me. But guess what? Ain't nobody done me like Jesus has. He brought this old miry clay and set it upon a rock to stay. Why? Because ain't nobody done me like Jesus. If there's anybody in here walked in today needing to walk out and encourage, I want you to leave this place today refreshed, renewed, strengthened. Why? Because ain't nobody done me like Jesus. And if you've never given him your life, today would be a good day. Today would be a real good day to just lean in and say, I'm tired of messing it up. Amen. I'm tired of making everything a debacle. Lean in. Spark that faith to say, yeah, I'm a skeptic. I don't understand it all. But Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. So the three W's, what are they for? And this is what hit me in my drive home Friday. Three W's, three different words, three different verses. So if you're taking notes, take notes. First word is watch. I'm not talking about my fancy Apple watch that was found two years later that I'd left under the truck seat when Leslie sold our truck. <laughs> Thank God for honest people like Brett Blevins and Tanya that brought me, brought me my watch back. Still works. It's probably something that laid dead that long. Still worked. All you got to do is charge it up and get refreshed, get renewed, get strengthened, and guess what? The light will come right back on. And if you've walked away from me before and you've been laying dormant and it seems like you've left it all on the table and there's nothing else new and it seems like there's no spark, today's the day. Just get on the charging station and say, Jesus, go ahead and light my world back up because why I'm coming to you. I'm going to give it to you. I've got troubles. I've got situations. I've got these things happening. But what do I need to do? I need to watch. 
Luke 21, 34 through 38. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down from dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that they come upon you suddenly like a snare. This is a really, really good verse. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. How many's got some cares in this life? And it seems like your cares get weighed down and they get weighed upon your shoulders and it just seems like a burden is there. I know the burden lifter. I know the one that will lift up my head. Amen. I know from what's the hills from which cometh my help. I know how to look to the author and the finisher of my faith. I know how to watch. Why? Because this verse is telling us. For it will, verse 35, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. This is Jesus speaking to the people, listening to him. There's coming a day. In the Bible, you know, all these people want to, want to really dig into the end time things, and I believe in them because the Bible talks about them. Jesus is telling a generation, as they're still his disciples, take heed upon yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down. Those people in John 6, 6 that had walked away, had heard these words come from Jesus' mouth. Peter said, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of life, of eternal life. It will come upon the whole earth. And the Bible does talk about in the last days there will be a falling away. It does talk about a church where that its love will wax cold. These are verses in Scripture. But it also says that there is awakenings that shall happen. I will pour out my spirit upon your sons and your daughters. And they will dream dreams and they will have visions and they'll prophesy to the nations. And guess what? Those verses are just as true as those wax cold and those falling away. And it matters where do you lean. Am I leaning to the world or am I leaning to him? Where is your lean in this place today? What are you watching? That's a scary subject in the World Wide Web. Come on, somebody. The devil will get you to watch something that will take you down a trap, a bad road, that will weigh you down, that the cares of this life will consume you. Everybody's talking about, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed out. Amen? He don't want you stressed. He wants you blessed. Come on, somebody. That's a pretty good tweet. Verse 36, but watch at all times. Everybody say watch. When? WWW all the time. Amen? WWW, watch. But watch all at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things which will take place. Pray that you will have strength. That's laying up treasures. 
in future times and eternal things that will cause me to be blessed in this life, to be able to endure things in this life, that others may look at you and like, why are you still hanging on to that old adage that Jesus died for your sins when it looks like your life is going to hell in a handbasket? Give up on him, walk away, do what you want to do, give up because he don't care about you. Guess what? They don't know the Jesus I know. Ain't nobody done me like Jesus. Why? Because he done things in my life that nobody could do. I tried to fix things. I'd screw it up. When I gave him my life, he fixed things that I could not fix. He set some things straight that I could not set straight. And yes, I endure things. And yes, bad things happen. But that doesn't make him a bad God. I serve a good God. Is there anybody in here can attest with me today? I serve a good God. And bad things may happen in this world and it may seem like it ought to weigh the church down, but the church should rise up and say, He blessed me beyond the measures of this earth and I'm going to do things that He's called me to do. Why? Because He called me to do them. Watch. At all times praying, you may have strength to escape these things that will take place and stand before the Son of Man. Every day he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and lodged on the mountain of Olives. And early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. It's funny how they wanted to come in the glory, but they weren't willing to endure during the prayer meetings at night. And let me tell you something. You're going to get out of these church services that we come and attend here what you put in in the secret place. You learned that in the Red Letter Challenge. Amen. Pray. Get you a place. And there's videos and movies out there, Christian movies and War Room. If you've never watched it, go watch it. Get that movie and watch it. And get you a War Room where you get down on your knees and you watch and see what God will do when I give my life to Him, when I encourage, I'm encouraged, I'm blessed when I pray. Amen. Watch implies awareness. Are you aware of what God is up to. Wait. The second word. Look at your neighbor and said, wait. Watch and wait. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary. The young men shall be, feel exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. And they shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. I wish somebody could have this word written on their heart that when you're walking around and it seems like you're stressed out and it seems like the bills keep coming and it's seems like nothing's going to happen that those that wait on God watch and see what he will do when I give him everything wait upon the Lord don't force your will wait on God and if you don't know that verse write it on your mirror in your bathroom Isaiah 40 28 through 31 you can go back and watch this. We'll, we'll tweet it out, do Facebook it out, whatever this week. Somebody somewhere, do something and get this on the page this week. There's plenty of account managers out there. I don't have to do it. Get it done. Wait implies patience. Watch 
implies awareness. Wait implies patience. Do I have any patient folks in the room? <laughs> not a whole lot. <laughs> Come on, somebody, not a whole lot. <laughs> I got patience, just not very many. And parents know what I'm talking about. You're getting on my last nerve. Really what you're saying is you're getting on my only nerve because you hadn't had a whole lot of other nerves. You need to wait on God. We can't force Him to do anything. We can't make Him have revivals. We can't put it in the newspaper. We can't put it on Facebook. We can't make revival happen. Only God can provide revival. It's not something that man is in charge of. I love that about Asbury, that they said, we, it don't matter who you are. And they talked about, I, I watched one post of one individual. They said, Carrie Job, how many knows who Carrie Job is, walked in that room and sat down in the back and nobody even knew who she was. That's when God's in charge. If Carrie Job walked in here today, all the worship leaders and all the worship people would be like, whoop. I know who I'm sitting by. Hey, Carrie, how you doing? Got any tips of the trade? Come on now. Wait implies patience. Third word is walk. I need to watch. I need to wait. And I got to do some walking. And we can all do a little bit of walking. Come on, somebody. We can all do a little bit more walking. The guy from Boston, Massachusetts this week, <laughs> that's not the guy you want to buddy up with. I'll tell you right now, he walked me all over that town. My feet got sore. I was winded, and he kept on going, and I was walking faster. And I'm usually out walk anybody. I, I'm pretty fast at walking. He was ahead of me in a pretty good distance. Aren't these bricks beautiful? Aren't these buildings beautiful? Uh, look at that ocean over there. Isn't that beautiful? Look at these ships. Ain't they beautiful? Oh, he's just a be everything's beautiful and just glorious and all this. And I'm like, I'm barely breathing, bub. How about it? Let's hang out here a minute. Let's lean on the post and wait right here. He's like, nope, we're walking. Daniel's sons are walking. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 4, we walk by faith and not by sight. For he made him who knew no sin, verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That'd be a good place for a hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. When we walk by faith, When we walk by faith. It implies movement. And some of you, including myself, are stale. We're stagnant. We're not seeing God do what he once did. Because we're stuck in the mud. And sometimes you've got to do something new. So today I wore my new shirt. Leslie gets mad at me because I've got a closet full of stuff and I wear the same five shirts. Is there anybody with me? I like my shirts. 
I've got a pair of boots that I've wore the same pair of boots. Check out this. I thank God that God had me to stop at J.C. Penney on the way there because if I'd been wearing my boots when I was walking with old Daniel's son, I wouldn't have made it. I got some new kicks. Kind of looks something like something Eric or Tom here one of them would wear, but I, I'm wearing them. I'm doing the best I can. Eric, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. Got my new pants on. I even bought the fire retardant kind. No, it's fire retardant kind. That way, if I need to go in the refinery or something, I can. I've got new pants that I can, multiple applications. My new shirt, though, I didn't take a tag off of it. I walked in, and Betty came over and said, Pastor, you got a tag on the back of your shirt. She peeled it off. That's one of the people you know loves you. All the rest of you are probably sitting there laughing. Look, look at Pastor, got that shirt on. It's 34, 17 and a half, whatever that is. I don't even know what that is. Betty come up and peeled it off. Love you, Betty. Betty's the best. Need somebody to pray for you, call Betty. You know why? She had a doctor tell her one time, you got cancer. You're not going to make it. She said, nah. Ain't nobody done me like Jesus. And I don't go to man for my solutions. I go to God because the things that he says are true and forever. And she prayed and she sought God's face and he healed her of cancer. Amen. Walk applies movement. I'm getting real close to done. Watch, wait, and walk. Abraham watched. He heard God speak. He waited upon God to do what God had called him to do. There was times that he chose the bad ground because Lot went out and took the things that were important in appearance. And he waited to see what God would do. And it says that God caused even the desert to spring up. And Abraham's flocks that he thought might starve to death in the middle of a desert with nothing but sand but God. Give him everything you have and watch and see what he will do. James 2.23 says in Scripture was a field which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called a friend of God. If you're not God's friend today, believe him and you'll be his friend. All you have to do is believe. Moses and the children of Israel had watched in Egypt And they waited there way too long. Generations passed and they were in slavery. But then God called Moses and told him to bring my people out. Moses gets the children of Israel, says, come on, God's taking us somewhere and he's going to give us some ground. And it says the children of Israel, and most likely, according to most historians, think about six million people come following him out of Egypt. It's what slaves they were walking in freedom now, but they get to this juncture. And they get to this point on the earth that is a sea. It's called the Red Sea. 
And when they walk up to that water, the armies of Egypt come up behind them. They were standing there with nothing to fight with. And the sight of that water, that ocean in front of them, was something that was insurpassable. I can't get through this. And now what did you do, Moses? You brought us out here so that God could see us destroyed in the middle of this desert, standing here at the edge of this water. And it says they began to murmur and complain. They were distressed because of what they were dealing with. And it says Moses took up his staff. And it said he smote that water and it says the water parted and they walked across on dry ground God can move oceans if people will believe if we will trust if we will put something in the ground and say this is the place where I'm taking a stand for God and it may look like the wheels are falling off but guess what the armies of the enemy are coming behind me but it doesn't matter just keep them behind me Amen. I'm going to keep on marching I'm going to keep on walking I'm going to keep on doing what God's called me to do why? because he's asked me to do something Second Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. Here's the conclusion. And Pete, this is our cue. The conclusion. Let's land this plane. Watch implies awareness. I hope you're aware in this place today. Waiting implies patience. I hope God gives you patience that you've never known in this place today. And walking implies movement. And I pray that there's people walks out of this place today that begins to step out in obedience and faith and trusting God to do things in your life, in your family's life, in your neighbor's life in your community's life. The red letter challenge was a blessing. Can anybody say amen? amen? It was a blessing. But I'm going to tell you that it wasn't the words on that page that caused that blessing to be there. They were good. It was like eating fresh honey and good stuff. You could just taste it and it was sweet. The words were great. Because they were Jesus' red letters. But the reason you walked away from that and felt the blessing you felt, in my opinion, is this. is because of the community that you were surrounded with. Whether it was Amy's group here or Joe Don's group online or Sister Joanne's group in her house or Brittany's group that went to everybody else's group or... Ain't nothing wrong with joining up forces. And Joe Don would have her group online. She'd say, I'm going to get out of here because I'm going to go over there. Because what I'm getting, I need a little bit more of. Amen. As much as you lean in is what you're going to get out. Lean into God. And those communities, those relationships that you forged, Joe Don, there was a lot of people from the community that will never, ever set foot in a church Watched your group online. Don't leave them high and dry. Go back, look through, see who watched, and reach out to them. 
Stop waiting. Stop just watching. Begin to walk. Amy, those people and those tears that hit the floor in this room, in your group, don't just say, well, that was nice. Travis, that was nice. Because it was. God forged and equipped you and positioned you in connection to do something. And if you wasn't part of any of those, and maybe you came after the Red Letter Challenge was already over, guess what? Go ahead and get on in. Don't wait forever. Jump in. You were designed for community. God looked down at Adam originally and said, it's not good that man should dwell alone. He said, I'm going to make somebody to be your connectiveness that you can be a blessing in a community. And I'm praying right now that God would ignite a small group fire within us here at this church that he will connect us in pods and in groups and in areas and in regions and in different occupations, all these things, that he will make us a blessing that he intends for this church to be not in the side of these four walls. This is a pretty good thing. And I love coming here and I love feeling this and I love sensing the presence of God, but he didn't cause us just to come here once a week only to be filled up, to go out and live the best we could the rest of the week and just wait for next week. He inspires us to walk out of there and say, I'm going to go do something this week to allow others to possess the goodness of God. Won't you bow your head and close your eyes if you will? Father God, I thank you so much for the bridge. I thank you for this building. I thank you for the blessings of the new land. I thank you for those that you've caused us to be in contact with for years now that are helping bring things to pass. God, I thank you for our community. I thank you for our leaders. God, I thank you for people inside of this church that's stepping out of their comfort zone and doing things that are uncomfortable. God, I pray today that you will cause us to know when it's time To watch when it's time to wait and when it's time to walk God that you would position us in the place that you have for us that we would no longer judge ourselves according to others or according to their abilities but God you would call us out and equip us to do the work of the ministry. Holy Spirit, I ask now that you come and rest upon every person sitting in this room. 
that you would come from within them, O oh God, that you would strengthen them and encourage them and bless them and, and cause things and old plans that you had for them and old desires that you had placed in them. Awaken them, God. Revive them right now. Strengthen them, God, to know that with you all things are possible. And God, that we would be a blessing to this community that they've never seen. God, I pray for supernatural generosity to rise up in the people of the bridge, that we would walk in a place and they would never have realized that how blessed they were because of you. Help us to do your will. Help us to lean in like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.